0: So yesterday was a bad day. Um, As an Eagles fan, as a football fan, yesterday was a a terrible day. Yesterday was one of those days that you just, you know what's gonna happen one of these, like being a sports fan is like, you know you're gonna have bad days. Even just in life, you know you're gonna have bad days, you know, you're gonna have bad days at work, you're gonna have bad days at home. Just have to pray for, you know, better days ahead. You just have to hope those bad days are kept to a minimum. Yesterday as a football fan with, like half the league being injured, uh, the Eagles losing the game, the Cowboys winning the game that they, they had no business winning. Yesterday was a terrible day for me personally, and I'm sure for Eagles fans and for NFL fans. So I'm on, I'm on my way home yesterday and I look and I see this car, it's this minivan, all the windows are busted out the car. And I don't know if some guy got caught cheating or, you know, it's just some woman scoring. Like, I don't know the situation. I don't know. But all of his windows, were, all, all of those windows were busted out. So in my mind, immediately what I think is what I just said. Maybe somebody got caught cheating and a woman is scoring and she probably took a baseball bat and busted out all of his windows. I say that to say this. No matter how bad my day was yesterday when it came to sports, my day probably wasn't as bad as that guy's was. That guy probably had a worse date than I did. So, you know, to put that in perspective, there you go. It could have been worse. But it was it was pretty bad. So the Eagles lose again. Now we're 0-2. And the way it started, it started off with a Miles Sanders fumble. And we're just like, here we go. We get Miles Sanders back. We're so excited. And he fumbles on the first job. And then the Rams come back and score. And, you know, it went from 7-0 to 7-3 to 14-3 to 21-3. But then we started coming back, you know. But it took until the I, – I remember it just vividly. It took to the 3.06 mark in the second quarter for Jared Goff to have an incomplete pass. And the first 13 passes, he was, like, 13 for 13 with, like, 140 or 150, 150 yards or something like that. And – I'm just like, why do you guys have this guy out here looking like he's Kurt Warner or something? And I've said this last year, and I still stand by this. I think Jared Goff is probably the most overrated quarterback in the league. I know a lot of people will say Kirk Cousins, and I forgot who else people were saying was the most overrated. But in my opinion, Jared Goff is the most overrated quarterback in the league. I don't think he's that good. I think Sean McVay is good. I think their offense is good. I think they have good receivers around him. But like, I've never seen a play, and I'm just like, wow. That was a good throw by Jared Goff. It's been plays I've seen by Kirk Cousins that I could say, okay, that was was a good throw. I've never seen that from Jared Goff. I do not think Jared Goff is good at all. And maybe you you would say, okay, this is it greats because he just beat your team. But I've been saying this since last year. I've been saying this for a few years now, that Jared Goff is just not that good of a quarterback. I still will take Carson Wentz, but we're going to get to that in a minute. So... The defense played terrible yesterday. And I was really high on the defense last week because, yes, they gave up 27 points to Washington, but they were given a short field on like three of those possessions. I mean, we're talking about two interceptions that gave them a short field and the missed field goal, which was like a 50 was it 54 yard or 55 yarder? So, I mean, you pretty much gave him the ball with great field position. You can't put your defense in that kind of position, you know? So that's why I was still okay. And they didn't really give up any, many big plays last week. I mean, how many big plays did they really give up against Washington? They didn't give up those big Terry McLaurin plays that they gave last year. They didn't give up a long Adrian Peterson run like they gave last year. I mean, yeah, last year. So I was pretty high on the defense, you know? So I'm like, okay, the Rams, yes, they have a solid offense, but I'm assuming, okay, the Eagles are playing at home. The defense always plays well at home, but it just didn't show up. I mean, like I said, they didn't even force an incomplete pass until the 306 mark. I mean, the first four drives, it seemed like they they got a first down whenever they wanted. It seemed like everything worked. Running the ball, work, passing the ball, where Tyler Higby, I don't know who this guy even is, but they made him look like he's Rob Gronkowski in his prime or something. That's what kills me. When good players beat my team, I can live with that. When no name players that I know aren't, really aren't that good, when they just destroy my team, that's what pisses me off. When you got Jared Goff out there going 13 for 13 in the first half, that's what makes me mad. Why are you making it seem like he's that good? This guy's not that good. He can't run, he doesn't, he, his arm strength isn't all that. Like, come on. Like, why are you guys making it seem like Gerald Goff is this amazing quarterback? Like, he's not, like. What has Jared Goff won in this league? He's had all these good years or whatever. It's been good for three, four years now. Hasn't won anything like. It. But whatever, I digress. But the defense played terrible yesterday, and you know what our biggest problem is—we don't have any playmakers. You need playmakers in the secondary, and I know big play, big play Slay is a solid cornerback, and I'm—I think he played well yesterday. Like I haven't—I haven't rewatched the game again, so I'm—I'm I'm going off of just the the first time around. But in the defense, you need playmakers. You need guys that can get to the quarterback. I mean, you need guys that can force a fumble. Like we only got that one. That one turnover, and that was on special teams, and that helped us like right before the half. But and we scored that touchdown, but then Carson Wentz just made the biggest mistake. Like we were down twenty-one to fifteen, and we were driving a really, really good drive. We were running the ball well. I mean, you can tell the difference when Lane Johnson is back. Like, you get Lane Johnson and the Miles Sanders back. Like you, I mean, I had the, I had the podcast title written hundred miles in running like I had it like I was ready like I can't use that now like At this point I don't even know will we ever win another game again I wish I could enjoy winning right now. I really will like but back to the defense So what I'm saying is you need playmakers You need a guy that can force a sack need a guy that can come in and force a turnover like force a fumble get an interception go get the ball we didn't force one turnover against washington last week you can't make dwayne haskins like really you can't make dwayne haskins throw one interception dwayne haskins really come on man like you can't force jared Goff into an interception you can't force a fumble against none of these guys except for on the special teams See, that's the thing. So, Malcolm Jenkins was really good for from about t- 2014 when we signed him to about 20, I'll say 2018. Last year, he didn't really make any plays, and that's why, you know, he's with the Saints right now. But now, we don't have any playmakers right now. Darius Slay is solid. I think Avanti Maddox is solid. I think Jalen Mills is Jalen Mills. I've said this before. He's my favorite player on the, on the entire team. But I have I have I barely heard his name the first two games. The linebackers, I knew the linebackers going into this season would be a problem. And that's why Tyler Higbee did what he did yesterday, because of our linebackers. On the, the third touchdown, I believe, Nathan Gary got he came across the field. I think he bit on the play action. And then just the way he ran a route, it was like a, a wheel route. He ran across the field, ran it real well. It was over. He was beat. Once you're beat, all you need is a solid throw. You're good. It's over. It's a touchdown already. I mean, from what, can I, what I can remember, we only got that one sec, and that was like a third down right before, I think it was right before halftime, or was like right, right at the end of the second quarter. Yes, that one sec, that was it. I mean, even on third down, it's like they could not get a stop, like. It just just did not matter what they did. I mean, they went 7-for-12 on third down. Even when they got a stop on third down, they went forward in that one-fourth down. At their own 30-yard line, they got a quarterback sneak, and they got it, which, granted, it's pretty hard to stop a quarterback sneak, so I'm not going to give them too much flack on that. But red zone, 4-for-5 from the red zone. Three more turnovers. They give up five touchdowns, but the thing is, it's turnovers. Turnovers are killing us. Speaking of turnovers, Carson Wentz, you're killing me, man. Like, you really are killing me. Again, I had the podcast line read out already. I had under the influence. I had it. And for the past, like, 16, 17, 18, this is his fifth year now. I've been one of the biggest Carson Wentz supporters. I really have. Put him against any quarterback in the league, I'll take him. Outside of like you know Patrick Mahomes and Rodgers and Wilson, outside of those guys, I'll put him against anybody. That's my quarterback right there, man. You want to tell me he's injury prone? No, he's not. Like you want to tell me he holds on the ball too long? No, he doesn't. Like, I don't want to hear it. Like Carson Wentz is my guy. That's my quarterback. And I'm gonna ride with Carson Wentz until the wheels fall off. If you're on my team, I'm gonna ride with you. I will defend you. Like, I don't care. Like when it comes to the public, I will say, I will definitely I'll defend you on public. I will. But it's one of them things where it's like when your brother makes a mistake and you have to fight just to, you know, just to get through against the other people. But when you go home, you're like, you know you messed up, right? That's how it is with Carson Wentz and for the longest time anytime he made a mistake but the one thing that he I mean, you know it'd be fumbled here and there but he never he never threw as many interceptions i mean outside, outside of his rookie year i don't think he's ever had interceptions in double digits in the rookie year i mean he only threw like i think 12 or 11. but that's what rookies rookies are going to do that in, in uh in a rookie in a rookie year rookie quarterbacks are always going to throw in i mean Peyton man threw like 27 in his rookie year So, what happens? Okay, he threw 14 in his first year. Threw seven in the second year. Seven again in 2018. And then I think seven last year. So, pretty much seven every year. He's already at four at this point. And then he has a fumble on top of that. So, he's had five turnovers in two games. You're not going to win with that. And the thing that sucks is the first interception that he had, we were driving. Like, like I said, we were running the ball. We were good. Play action. It looks like a good play. He had a, a clean pocket. You can't blame it on being under pressure. You can't blame it on being confused. He had a clean pocket. Two, two things about that play. One, he's three things, actually. One, he's throwing to J.J. white whiteside who's I mean, pretty much shown nothing at all. Two, there was, he's pretty much double teamed. So maybe he did get confused because, I mean, we saw the two defenders that were there. And three, the throw wasn't good at all. Like, even if you were going to throw that ball, you had to throw that, you had to, like, loft it to the back of the end zone. Like, like at least, like, put some some touch on it. Like, the way he tried to force it in, it's like, even the way he threw it was forcing the ball. He tried to, like, throw a bullet pass, but it's, it just wasn't – that's not how it should have been thrown. It should have been thrown another way. Like, If you're going to make that throw, which you shouldn't have made that throw to begin with. It's first down, though. It's not third down. It's not third and 12. It's not fourth and 10. This is first down. Like, if you have to live for another down, live for another down. Like, A lot of people, like, look at completion percentage and think that's the end-all, be-all. It's not, like – sometimes an incomplete pass is better than an interception i'll take it 18 for 36 day over uh, 21 for 25 with three interceptions if you have to throw the ball away you throw it away if you have to throw it to where either my guy gets it or nobody gets it so be it like but do not force that ball against these guys like especially when you have a good drive that was the drive killer To me there were two like in this last two weeks there's been two things that has like completely shifted the momentum last week it was the carson Wentz sack that led to the long field goal which led to the washington team getting the great field position i think they got a touchdown out of that and then this week it was the carson Wentz interception the first one the second interception you know he was trying to force the ball bad throw and the thing is i said about jared goff i don't really see him making any good throws But these first couple of weeks, I haven't seen really Carson Wentz make any good throws. I mean, I've seen um, the Dallas Goddard throw was a good throw last week, the touchdown pass. But, I mean, I'm not talking completions. Like, obviously, he has completions. But I mean, throws when you're like, wow, he hit him in stride. That was a perfect throw. And I'm looking around the league, and I see so many just great throws, like, Just a lot of good throws. I see receivers going up and making crazy catches. I see Calvin Ridley going up and having good games. I see Patrick Mahomes making great throws. I see Lamar Jackson making great throws. I see all these good things. And I'm just like, what happened to that team that used to do that for me? What happened to the 2017 team? Honestly, watching the 2017 highlights is the most depressing thing in the world. Because I'm just like, can I get that team back? When I watched that team, like how good we were on third down in the red zone, it was automatic. It could be third and 25. We were getting it. It didn't matter. It did not matter what down the distance was. We were getting the first down no matter what. Once we got to the red zone, there was no field goals. There was no if we score a touchdown. It was when will we score a touchdown. What happened to that team? Now it's a struggle just to get any type of yards. Like the quarterback sneak touchdown that we got, that was a struggle. Like... Like, that would have been easy, like, a couple years ago. Like, you kidding me? We could have ran any single play that we wanted to, and we would have scored. Now it's like we have to scheme up this, and, and it just, it's, it's just should not be this hard with this kind of talent on this team. Like, I know the offensive line, like, is, you know, a little better than the bruise but with Lane Johnson back, it's going to get better. And you saw yesterday, it was better. Carson Wentz didn't get sacked at all yesterday. And that's what pisses me off about the interceptions is because he wasn't under pressure. He had the cleanest cleanest pocket that you could possibly have on that first interception. There was no reason to throw that pick at all. So the reason I like doing these podcasts after a loss, and sometimes I have to sleep on it. I was going to do it last night when I got home, but I really just, I don't want to say I wasn't in the mood. I was just tired. I was exhausted. Honestly, like, these Eagles, they take a lot out of me. Like, mentally and physically, it, it just really, it, it gets me, you know? I don't know what it is. And people say like, oh, no, it's just a game. Now you see why I named this podcast. is just a game, correct? But it just really takes a lot out of me. So I'm like, okay, man, I have to sleep on it, and I have to just come back, and I'll do this tomorrow. But the reason I like doing these is because... These thoughts that I have, I'm going to have these thoughts anyway. And I'm probably going to talk to myself about it. And when I'm by myself, I'm probably going to talk out loud about it. So if I'm going to do that anyway, I might as well hit the record button and talk about it. If somebody listens, they listen. If not, so be it. But this is for me, this is my therapy. I'm not doing this for money. I'm not doing this for views. I'm not doing this for a million listens. I'm not doing this to become a millionaire. This is my therapy. This is how I vent. And when they win, it's all fine and dandy. It's cool, but it's not as exciting of an episode when they win. I mean, just think about it. I mean, like, do you, you know, usually complaining is a little more fun than being happy about something, you know? You don't call the bank when you're happy about something. You call the bank when you need to complain. You know? So, that's all I'm saying. That's why it's a little more fun to do when they lose, even though it hurts way more. And yesterday was actually five years to the day when they lost to the Dallas Cowboys in 2015. And that was, like, one of the hardest losses ever because 2015 was supposed to be a good year. We start off 0-1. And it's one thing to go 0-1. You lose the first game, whatever. But when you go 0-2, it is really hard to dig out of that hole. And it just it really takes a lot out of you. And I remember because I, I saw a memory on my Facebook and I said like sometimes I don't know if being an Eagles fan is worth it because I really didn't. I just really was just at a, a state where I'm just like, do I really need to keep doing this to myself? But then two years later, they won the Super Bowl. But it's like, OK, I say that. But then the next week, I'm going to watch the game anyway. So it's not like I'm going to I'm not giving up on the team. I'm still going to watch. Like, Obviously, I'm never going to stop like. Never going to start rooting for my team. I'm never going to stop watching football. So. But what made yesterday's loss even harder was the Cowboys winning. So the Cowboys were down 20 to nothing. And they were down. like I'm looking, I'm checking out the score. And I'm like, oh, I think they were down 27 to 9 at one point or something. And I'm like, okay, you know, Atlanta, they should have this game. A big mistake. And as a sports fan, I should know better. I should know better than to say that the game is over. We know these games aren't ever over. It's never over. It is like the Falcons were up 39 to 30 with about two minutes left. I think they were up about 15 with like five minutes left. And you can't close that deal, Falcons? Come on. In a way, that loss is even... Bigger, a bigger collapse than a Super Bowl loss that they had. At least the Super Bowl loss, they were up 28 to 3, but it was still a whole quarter and a half left to play. You were up by 15 with five minutes left, and you can't close that game. Do you realize when they were up 39 to 30 with two minutes left that their win probability was 99.9? Do you realize how hot that is? When you get some Lysol wipes, you know what it says? It says it kills 99.9% of germs. 99.9 is a big number there's no way you should lose that game and the onside kickers would drop me crazy Falcons just grabbed the ball you're looking at the ball like oh my i don't want to touch this like everyone was scared to touch the ball because everyone was scared to make the mistake because once you touch the ball then the other team had a chance to touch the ball if you if you uh fumble it or if you bobble it so that to me let me know that everyone on that team was scared to touch that ball but when you're playing football, you can't be scared. Do you remember that scene in Waterboy? If anybody ever saw the Waterboy, and at the end, he was doing the onside kick, and he's looking around, and he's like, okay, who am I going to kick this ball to? Who am I going to kick this ball to? Who's scared? Who's scared? And then he found the guy that was scared, he kicked it right to him, and they got the onside kick. That's pretty much what the Cowboys did yesterday. And the kick, I don't even think that the kick was supposed to be that short. I think he made a mistake, and it just rolled, and it just kept rolling. And then I-, I just don't understand, like, and that made me mad. Like, that honestly, right there, that took a toll on me as well. As bad as the Eagles loss was, because going into this year, we thought, okay, it's going to be either the Eagles or the Cowboys. It's going to be one of those teams. We know Washington ain't nothing. We know the Giants ain't going to win the division. It doesn't matter. So, it's going to be us too. So, with us being 0-2, it's like, okay, at least the Cowboys will be 0-2 as well. So, and as much as it sucks to be – I don't really want to be an 8-8, 9-7 playoff team. I don't want to win a division with that record. But I'll take it. <laughs> I'll, I'll still take the playoff berth like last year. I'll, I'll take it every year because you never know what can happen in the playoffs. So, but now they're 1-1 one and, one, and they have the upper hand on us. So, it just, it just sucks. And the thing that sucks even worse is after week three, we were supposed to be 2-1. I mean, you got Washington, you got Cincinnati, and you got the Rams. You're thinking, okay, we can go three, you know, two and one at the worst, though, at the absolute worst, two and one. There's no way we should. The best we can do right now is one and two with those three teams in the schedule. Washington, the Rams at home, Cincinnati at home. That should be two and one easily easily. If they lose next week to Cincinnati, it's over. I'm done. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a burrito. And the thing that really sucks is after the Cincinnati game, it only gets worse from here. If I'm not mistaken, after Cincinnati, we play San Fran, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. We got San Fran on Sunday night. We got Pittsburgh. Then we got Baltimore. And two of those games are on the road. San Fran and Pittsburgh is back-to-back weeks on the road. They were home against Baltimore. Who knows, like, how that'll go. So, honestly, I'm a glass-at-full kind of guy. But looking at the schedule, I can't have any confidence at all. You guys can't beat Washington. What makes you think you can beat Pittsburgh? Ben Roethlisberger is back. The defense is back. It's the still it's not the still curtain, but this is this is the still is defense. Baltimore is probably the second best team in the AFC. San Fran's the uh, NFC champions. I mean, I know Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, but I mean they smoked the Jets yesterday, so they're they're still doing their thing, you know. So it's really it's really disheartening just to think about how how much worse this season really can get. At like these first three weeks, this is where you're supposed to you guys are supposed to be getting your wins. This is where you're supposed to be building up your confidence. There's no time to rest at this point. Every game is a must win. Is it really a, a week a a must win in week two? Probably not. But kinda. You should have won this game. Like, and like I said, the only thing that would have made it better is if Dallas would have lost as well. That didn't happen, so now we're going to be chasing them the whole entire time. Now we got to win two games just to make up for this these one loss. Now we got to beat, Cincinnati. we got to destroy Cincinnati next week. Because even if you don't, even if you don't destroy Cincinnati, you know Eagles fans are going to say, like, should have beat them by more. I saw buffalo fans yesterday oh we should have beat miami by more just enjoy the win man just enjoy the win man. i never like understood like people oh we should have beat this team by this much we should have like it's an nfl team it's an nfl game like enjoy the win like every win is precious like and honestly you, you when you have a really really good team i think you take wins for granted like if you're a patriots fan or you're a seahawks fan or you're a spurs fan, like i think you take wins for granted it isn't until you go down where you it's a struggle to win a week week to week that you really appreciate a win. And I think now we will appreciate any win that we can get. Even if it's against Cincinnati. If we win the Cincinnati game 13 to 10 and we have 170 yards of total offense, I'll take it. I just need to get into the win column. That's all we need is a win. Just give me a win, please. It's all I ask girl. Because after the Cincinnati game, who knows when we will win another game? I mean, after that tough three-week stretch, we got uh, the Giants and the Cowboys, so who knows? Well, speaking of the Giants, uh, yesterday was a pretty tough day for a lot of players, actually. Uh, Saquon Barkley got hurt. Raheem Mostert got hurt from the, the Niners. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. Uh, la, 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 la. A couple of, Solomon Thomas got hurt for them. And Nick Bosa got hurt for the Niners. So, like, they are dealing with a lot. Uh, Tyrod Taylor got hurt right, right before the game for the Chargers. They had a backup quarterback in. It was just, it was just a lot. Like, a lot of injuries. Um, uh, Christian McCaffrey got hurt. Like I said, Saquon is hurt though. Michael Thomas before before the week he's 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 gonna be out for two to four weeks. Chris Godwin for the Bucks is out. It was like I'm telling. It was like Final Destination yesterday. It was like taking out players one by one, and it was just crazy to me. Just like wow. And you know, it's just a matter of time until you know. The whole league is wiped out but like i said i think it's just having no preseason it really just messes with you i don't think the condition is probably where everyone probably isn't conditioned to where they should be right now at this point you know you've had a whole month of, of like real game action even though it's just preseason but you still get some kind of game action it's a lot of injuries though a lot So, yeah, needless to say, I'm, like, very dejected right now about this. I can't even. And my mom just texted me good morning. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, honestly, I'm just in a bad mood and a bad state right now. I just don't feel like talking to anybody. I don't even know if I feel like watching football today. I mean, I'm I'm still going to watch, obviously. But it's just it's just really frustrating. Like, being 0-2, it, it just sucks. Especially when you have high hopes for a year. Like the thing is about a sports team is if you have a bad start to a year. You know, wow, this is probably gonna be a bad year. And then you gotta wait all the way till next year. Like this is not like playing Madden where you can just like go to the end, and you can just start over. Like you gotta pretty much wait until next September. Like and I mean I'm not ready to give up on the season yet, but it's one of them things where it's just like you see the writing on the wall. It's like I've been watching football long enough to know when the team is good enough to like win, and when the team is not good enough to win. Like I I, I know, you know, you you can tell. You just have that feeling. Like usually, it's when the, especially when it comes to offense. When it comes to offense, how easy do the plays come? How easy do the first downs come? How easy do the touchdowns come? How easy do the yards come? Is everything a struggle, or you actually, are you actually? Getting yards. Like if it's fourth and one, can you actually just line up and just get that yard, or do you have to scheme your way through it? On defense, can you actually make plays? Can you get sacks without bringing blitzes? And when you do blitz, can you actually do you have guys on the back end that can actually make tackles? Are you missing tackles? Like, can your guys cover? Like, can you make the field goals? It's like little things like. That, that just make a, a good team, you know? So it, it just really sucks. But I mean, I, I hope we, I think we'll be okay. I hope, I hope so. But when I'm in public, I'ma, you know, i am still wear my Eagles stuff and I'ma still say we're the best team in the league and Philadelphia, we're the city, fly Eagles fly. But as we get further and further away from 2017, it just seemed like it was, it just seemed like that was ages ago. But we'll see. So um, before I go, I do want to talk a little bit about basketball. Just because honestly, the worst day for me for basketball to come on is a Sunday. And usually by usually by this time in September, the playoffs aren't isn't really going on in basketball. And by the time basketball does come back around the middle of the season it's like the beginning of the regular season and i'm just like you know, who really cares but we're not usually dealing with the beginning of football and the nba playoffs at the same time so this is like really uncharted territory right now but the um so i, re- I kind of forgot that the lakers even played yesterday it's like the end of the night and you know the lakers won they were up like you know they were up big they were up had a comfortable lead. But then obviously the Nuggets came back because you can never count out the Nuggets. For some reason, they could be down 35 points in the fourth quarter. and You still just let's watch the end of this game because you never know. But um, at the end, Jokic made a couple. Yeah, one shot where somebody, I think Murray shot the ball and it was an air ball, and Jokic like somehow tipped it in. Like why was it mid air? It was like the weirdest play ever. Like then he made another layup, with like a floater, and then the Lakers got the ball back, and then Anthony Davis made like a. Buzzer beat a three, so that was that was crazy, and you know hit the Kobe, you know had the black mama jerseys on, you know he had the he had the black headband on, he hit the Kobe shot, it was dope. So, but like I said, I I'd rather see the Lakers in the finals. I mean, I, I don't I don't want to see the Nuggets. I didn't want to see the Nuggets in the series. Like I wanted to I wanted to see the Clippers, but I'm not gonna get that. So no, ain't no need to cry about it no more. But. I mean, the Lakers are really, really top-heavy. Like, it's Anthony Davis and LeBron. They do the majority of the scoring. They have a lot of other players, like Danny Green, will, you know, he'll he'll throw in the three every once in a while. Rajon Rondo is just like, for some reason, as soon as the playoffs hit, Rajon Rondo just plays really well. And I've been a fan of Rondo for a long time. Like, for a long time. He makes a lot of plays because I love that – I love that prototypical point guard. I love that guy that distributes. I love that guy that does. He rebounds. He He's the floor general. Like I, I feel like now, in this day and age, we expect our point guards to have 35 points a game. Like We expect the Derrick Roses, or the, the Russell Westbrook's or the James Hardens, or the, the Damian Lillards, or the Jamal Murrays. Like we expect our point guards to be like that. But there are some point guards around, and that's the ones I appreciate. And I guess that's why I'm a fan of Ben Simmons, because everyone thinks that, Every point guard is supposed to just score all the time, but that's not what point guards were doing back in the day. Point point guards were supposed to be like the floor general. That's just shooting guards are for. Back in the day, that's what the centers were for. They were there to score. Like I mean, now we don't really look for our centers to score no more. Now we just look for them to just rebound and block shots and like, give me that ball. Like, don't touch it no more. But I really like Rondo. I've always loved Rondo's game, man. For the longest time, he played with the Celtics, so I really wasn't allowed to be a fan of Rondo now I can admit that Ryan was a solid player, and that's why I like him. That's why I loved. like, growing up, I loved Jason Kidd. Like, Jason Kidd was one of my favorite players to watch. I mean, me and this guy in high school used to argue about Jason Kidd and Stephon Marbury all the time. And I thought Jason Kidd was the better player. He thought Marbury was the better player. Obviously, he probably liked more of the, the scoring type, but I like more of the all-around type, the guy that can do more than just come up and just try to score all the time. And look, I appreciate Damian Lillard. I appreciate those kind of players. But I just, I really just appreciate, like, the actual, like, floor generals. The guy that's getting everybody in the, in the right position and doing their thing. Like I said, that's why I'm a fan of Ben Simmons. But, um, you know, Dwight Howard, he, he does his thing on the boards and the blocking. But when it comes to the scoring, it's all about LeBron and AD. It's so all it's about. Speaking of LeBron, LeBron, actually, I did want to talk about this. So, LeBron only got, I think, 16 first-place votes or whatever. He's saying he's pissed off. And I'm just like, I don't really understand why, though. So Giannis won MVP, but rightfully so. I mean, his team had the better record. He had better numbers than LeBron. So why are you so mad, LeBron? I don't, and then the thing is, I know he said he didn't expect to win, but he wanted more first-place votes. But what's the difference? I mean, it's like... I, I don't understand like what the thought process there is there, and I'm a big LeBron fan. So I'm not like you know I'm not trying to like crap on LeBron or nothing here. I'm just saying I just don't understand why you're mad because he didn't win MVP, especially when you're in trying to get to the finals. Like you should worry about winning another ring. Like don't worry about MVP. Like first of all, Kobe Bryant won one MVP award in his whole career. I know, and Kobe Bryant's one of the greatest of all time. Probably the one of the most influential of all time mvps don't mean anything i don't want to like i don't want to say don't doesn't mean anything but championships mean way more than mvp does i mean i can tell you jordan won six rings i can't tell you how many mvp awards he won i don't know i think he won like four or five maybe like i don't even know how many uh, mvp awards like lebron won. i think he's won like th- three or four maybe like i mean mvps don't really that doesn't move the needle at all like you talk about rings like you don't Talk about MVPs. Like we don't talk about even we talk about all-star appearances more than we talk about MVPs. Like, like an MVP, like I don't want to say it doesn't mean anything, but it's it usually goes to the best player on the best team. That's the thing. And I was looking at a YouTube uh video about this, and somebody was like, they always change the criteria every year, they change the criteria. And I was like, how exactly do they change the criteria every year when the same exact player won MVP two years in a row? Makes no sense to me. Like that comment made absolute, absolutely no sense at all. But I, I just feel like I don't know. Right now, I just feel like LeBron should not be worried about the MVP award or any first place votes. But you know, you weren't going to win MVP. Like, come on, man. You're supposed to the better player. Like, I know LeBron's the best player in the world right now. But uh, when it comes to the numbers, it's a regular season award. You guys realize these awards are. Pretty much the votes are in before this the postseason even starts. So that's not taken into account at all. Like, like all those votes are in. Like it doesn't come out until later, like later in the pro season, but that doesn't that doesn't matter. Like, like ask ask Giannis, would he rather have an MVP award or would he rather be playing right now? Like I can promise you that he would say he'd rather be playing right now. MVPs mean nothing. I don't know. Like I can tell you who won. I can tell you who won the championship in 1993. I can tell you who won the championship in 2001. I can tell you who won the championship in 2004. I can't tell you who won the MVP none of those years. Like actually, 2001, I it was it was Allen Iverson because you know I'm, as a Sixers fan I knew that. But besides that, I don't know who won the MVP. If I don't know how many MVP awards like these players got. Like it's all about championships. Like I said, Kobe Bryant won one MVP award in his entire career, but he has five rings. So like that's all that matters. He has two Finals MVP awards. Finals MVP awards, which, which you should be worrying about, LeBron. you worrying about no MVP award. It doesn't matter. So, um, I think I reached my limit about talking to myself for a little while. I got the vent about my Eagles. I got the vent about LeBron James. I got the vent about Final Destination Day in football. I got the vent about them stupid cowgirls. But I think I'm finally done. So, anybody who listened, thank you. I appreciate you. Like I said, I do this really for me, but if you did listen for this whole ride, definitely appreciate it. Uh, So I'ma just go. Remember, it's just the game.